Hello and welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's go to Pastor Perry Kalavik as he shares this week's message. Hey, thanks everyone for just joining us today and just making this Sunday so special. And uh, you're always so great, and uh, I bless you and I love you. And I've already gone over time, you know. It's like we're already at an hour right now, but I'm still going to preach, okay? And so, like, where are you going today anyway, right? <laughs> what do you got to do? Let's listen to the Word. Let's get into the Word today. But um, anyway, I don't want to go long for going long. I just want to get right to the Word, all right? I want to talk this morning about having a can-do attitude. It's really in the Word of God. Having a can-do attitude. So the verse that comes to mind right away is this one from Paul, and he says this in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Say it with me right now. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer right now, and we'll get right into the Word of God. Father in heaven, we love you so much. I thank you, Lord God, that your Word is already blessed. I thank you, Lord God, that you're at work. You're doing a good work in us. You're going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, this morning as we talk about having a can-do attitude, Lord, I pray that you'd encourage our hearts. God, lift us up and help us, Lord God, to know that you're with us and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So bless this time together right now in your life-giving word. And I just pray a special blessing on everyone that's listening in right now and watching today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking about having a can-do attitude. Let me just say this. A can-do attitude is one of the most important attributes that you can have in your life. You know, I may have learned that when I was a kid in junior high because I lived in a little town in North Dakota called, are you ready for this? Can-do. Really, there's a town in North Dakota called Can-do. And their motto is, you can do better in can-do. <laughs> it's on the sign outside of town. You can do better in can-do. All that, all that to say that having a can-do attitude will be a great advantage in your life. It'll give you an advantage in life if you just have the right can-do attitude. Uh, Zig Ziglar, who's a motivational speaker from Texas, also a born-again Christian, he said this, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. All right? Let me say that again. Your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. And then I like this one right now. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't go anywhere until you change it. Isn't that the truth, man? I'll tell you what. Chuck Swindoll, Charles Swindoll, who's the pastor right now of Stonebriar Community Church in Frisco, Texas, but he's Dallas Theological uh, uh, grad and all of that, uh, on the radio forever. You've heard of Charles Swindoll. He says, attitude is everything. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Here's what he wrote about attitude. He says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. Attitude is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, 
a church, a school, or a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. Don't you agree with that? We have a choice every day about what kind of an attitude we're going to take into that day. Hallelujah. And he says this, we cannot uh, he, says, he says this, we cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. And we cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. Man, I love that. If you had a guitar with one string, that's kind of the analogy he's using right now. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. Then he says this, I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you, we are in charge of our attitudes. We really are in charge of our attitudes. Now I want to give you four major attitudes this morning. And by the way, everyone, there's probably 50 different kinds of attitudes or 100 different kinds of attitudes. I'm just going to share four major ones this morning, all right? If you start Googling on attitude, I'll tell you what, you'll find a wealth of information, but you'll find so much in the Bible about attitude as well. Get, let me give you four major attitudes. And if you've got your notes that you downloaded or whatever, you'll be able to fill these in. First of all is a positive attitude. Man, that's the most important attitude that you can have is to have a positive outlook and a positive attitude. A positive attitude says, we can do this. Say with me right now, we can do this. And a positive attitude will move you forward, but and a, pa a positive attitude will, will cause you to gain ground in life, all right? Let me say that again. A positive attitude will cause you to move forward in life, and a positive attitude will cause you to gain ground in life, all right? To be more blessed. Here's the second attitude. A second attitude is a negative attitude. A negative attitude says, we can't do this. Positive attitude says we can, but a negative attitude says we can't do this. A negative attitude will move you backward in life. A negative attitude will cause you to lose ground in life. Instead of gaining ground, you're going to lose ground if you have a negative attitude. Honestly, everyone, snap out of that negative attitude. It's going to get you nowhere. The third thing is to have a passive attitude. A passive attitude doesn't say we can do this thing or we can't do this, a passive attitude says, what is this? It's like, I don't really even know and I don't care. The favorite word for a passive attitude person is this. Here's the word, whatever. Man, I haven't heard that much lately, but <laughs> you know the word, whatever. That's a passive person. And if you're a passive er person with a passive attitude, a passive attitude is like keeping your car in neutral. It'll get you nowhere. You can start up your car, you can rev the engine, but if it's a neutral, you're going to go nowhere. And I'm telling you what, if you've got a passive attitude, you're going to go nowhere in life. But then there's a fourth attitude. Man, the Holy Spirit brought this uh, up to me, but it was substantiated in some of my study. Is a productive attitude. And a productive attitude says this, let's get this done. Let's get this done. A productive attitude will help you to accomplish and achieve much in life if you have a productive attitude. You'll, 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 you'll just accomplish so much more. And, and, and watch this. The favorite people that I work around are proactive people who have a productive attitude. 
I'm just telling you what, they're a joy to be around because it's not only saying we can do this, but they're saying let's get this done. And they'll accomplish and achieve much in life. Now watch this. Not only your words reveal your attitude, but your posture and your demeanor do as well. You can say, well, I don't have a bad attitude, but you couldn't tell by looking at you. Some people just slump over or slouch through life. And other people, just by their demeanor, the way they roll their eyes, that look that they have on their face, they might go like, well, I've got a positive attitude, but you couldn't tell by looking at their face or looking at their body language. Let me tell you what, if you've got a positive attitude, notify your face, notify your body. Because it, you, you can speak, even with unspoken actions, you can tell the attitude that a person has. All right? So, in the Bible now, there are all kinds of examples of good and bad attitudes. So your Bible illustrates a range of attitudes that other people have. Some are which are good, while others are bad. Some are to be commended, while others are to be condemned. All right? We can have good and bad attitudes. Some are commendable. Some are to be condemned. But let me give you some good attitudes right now, right? Let me give you some good attitudes. Here's some good attitudes. Ready? These are from the Bible. Love, forgiveness, gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, helpfulness, hospitality, generosity, kindness, humility, patience, honor, an attitude of honor, gentleness. Man, I just got honored this morning. Thank you so much, board, and thank you for church family. That I, you had an attitude of honor. Man, thank you so much. The attitude of gentleness, the attitude of unselfishness. And then those are good attitudes, but you can also have bad attitudes. Bad attitudes are like this. Pride, partiality, jealousy, judgmentalism, anger. Man, we've got a problem with the attitude of anger right now in our country. Attitude of anger and then of hatred. Those are bad attitudes. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to just take a quick look at uh, an, an Old Testament example of a good attitude and then a New Testament example of a good attitude, all right? And then we're going to be finished today, all right? But let me get you into word. Let me give, give you an Old Testament example of a good attitude or a can-do attitude, and then we'll give you a, a New Testament example of a can-do attitude, all right? Here we go. The Old Testament example is from Numbers chapter 13, four, 13 and 14, and I'll just kind of touch on them today. But one of my favorite stories out of Numbers chapter 13 is the story of the 12 spies who went to spy out the land, but I just call it the 12 spies. It doesn't sound like a good movie title, right? After being delivered from Egypt, remember Moses and everyone were in Egypt and been, been held captive for 400 years, Moses says, let my people go, and then they're on their way to the promised land. They've been delivered from Egyptian bondage. And Moses gets to the edge of the promised land, and then he chooses 12 leaders from the 12 tribes of Judah, 12 spies, to represent the 12 tribes of Judah. And they say, I want you to spy out the promised land. In other words, let's see what we're up against. Let's see what it looks like there, and even what the enemies might look like over there. But come back and give us a report. And the 12 spies came back and they gave an incredible report about what the land was like. Here's, let's pick up the story. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. Then they said to Moses, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly is a land that flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. 
And then they showed the cluster of grape. You can see the picture on the screen. This is its fruit. Man, those grapes are just giant. Try buy those at Rayleigh's or anywhere else, or Costco might have giant grapes, but not like that. I mean, honestly, if you go over to Israel today, you'll see some of the greatest produce and some of the most wonderful fruit and so flavorful and so tasty and all of that, but there's great fruit in the land. And so the promised land was full of great resources and incredible fruit, but there were enemies and there were giants in the land. Now, how many know that anytime you're going to take any kind of land, there's going to be, you know, giants in the land? Anything worth doing, anything worth taking, you're going to have to come up against some enemies and some giants. In other words, the promised land would have to be conquered. So watch now, verse 28, Numbers 13, verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The descendants of Anak were giants. These nine-foot-tall human beings, some had six fingers and six toes. You know what I'm saying? Got these huge people, these huge giants. And then past the giants, you've got these other groups. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. So you've got, in life, everybody, you're going to have some ites in your life. Do you realize this? You're going to have some ites in your life. The Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Canaanites. And once you get rid of one group, the other group comes on in. They've got neighbors, you know, and all of this kind of thing. So in life, you're going to have a fight, and you're going to have some ites. So just get used to it. In other words, there are enemies everywhere. But then, so this is the report they're bringing back, and all the people now are, they saw the fruit of the land. Man, we want that. And the geography of the land looks great, but there's giants and there's enemies there. And then they got all stirred up. And they were just going kind of like into this big commotion. But then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Man, I wanted to stop. Holy Spirit just showed me this this morning. When the enemy starts bringing confusion into life, in your life and you get all of these voices and all of these things inside of you and, like, and your fear starts to creep up, you need to just quiet things down. In the name of Jesus, just quiet it down in the name of Jesus. When your head starts to spin and all of this fear comes up, just quiet it down in the name of Jesus. And remember who you serve and who you belong to. And Caleb said this, Let us go up at once and take possession of the land, for we are well able to overcome it. In other words, we can do this. Say it with me right now. We can do this. But the men who had gone up with them, they said, Watch this. The ten men, you know, J yeah, Joshua and Caleb, they brought back a good report, but then you had ten that brought back a negative report, and they said, we're not able to go up against this people, for they're stronger than we are. So in other words, the majority report was a bad report. The minority report was a good report, but the majority report was a bad report. <laughs> Look at verse 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. And they said, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw there are men of great stature. In other words, we're going to get killed in this one. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so were we in their sight. In other words, the giants were coming against us. We were like grasshoppers in our sight, and we were in their sight. 
Watch what's happening right now. They're talking themselves into a defeat. So I want you to just watch this here this morning. Watch how you talk to yourself, everybody. Some people just put themselves down over and over again. They just put themselves down like you're never going to make it and you can't do anything and whatever, you're going to get it wrong. Watch how you talk to yourself. I'll tell you what, be kinder to yourself than you are, everyone. Be more positive to yourself than you are. Talk better to yourself. You know, I heard of this story of this man, an all-star baseball player, and he became very famous, and he went to a prison, and he was talking to the prisoners, and he was telling his story, and he said to the prisoners, he said, you know, when I was a little kid, man, I was playing baseball, and I was hitting that ball, and my dad said to me, if you keep on hitting that ball the way you're hitting it right now, you're going to be in the MLB, the Major League Baseball. You're going to be a Major League Baseball player. And he said, you know what? My dad kept telling me that over the years, and guess what? I became a Major League Baseball player, just like my dad said. Because he said, if you keep on hitting the ball like you're hitting it, you're going to be a Major League Baseball player. After his talk, one of the prisoners came up to him and said, you know, your story and my story are kind of the same, but my dad said something different to me. He said, he said, kid, if you keep on misbehaving the way that you're misbehaving, you're going to end up in prison. And he told me that for years, and guess what? I kept on misbehaving, and I ended up in prison, just like my dad said. Hey, everyone, if you've got a fork in the road and it's a positive way to go or a negative way to go, a good report or a bad report, choose the positive way and choose a good report over the negative way and a bad report because sometimes you get what you speak out. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, so speak blessing over your kids and say you can do it instead of saying you can't do it in the name of Jesus. Now, when you see the giants coming your way, watch this too. Here's a second little thing to hold on to. Don't focus on how big your giants are. Focus on how big your God is. Hallelujah. Don't focus on how big the mountain is in your way. Focus on how big the God is that can remove the mountain out of your way. Amen. All by myself. Hallelujah. So the congregation lifted up their voices and they cried and the people wept that night because they heard that bad report and the giants in the land. And all of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. They complained against them. The whole congregation, so you got Joshua and Caleb who went in with the, 12, with the 10 spies. The, yeah, Joshua and Caleb, we can take the land kind of a thing. But then you've got Moses and Aaron who are heading up the whole bunch of them. Now the people are complaining against them. And they said, man, I wish we'd have just died in the land of Egypt. If only we had just died in the wilderness. Man, that's just bad talk right there. And then they said, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? It would have been better for us to, wouldn't it be better if we just went back to Egypt? And let me tell you what, there's many times we go like, man, I wonder if we made the wrong mistake. I, I made a mistake. I mean, we're trying to take the land right now. We should have just never left in the first place. I'll tell you what, God doesn't want you to go back to your chains. He wants you to be delivered from Egypt permanently, not to go back to it. So they said to one another, let's select a leader and let's return to Egypt. 
And then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly and the children of Israel. Man, they're going like, are you kidding? God just let, just let us out of this land. They fell on their faces before God and before the people. But Joshua and Caleb, are you following me this morning, everyone? Don't get sidetracked. Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who spied out the land, they tore their clothes, and they spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel, and they said, watch this, here's the good report coming. The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Say with me, good land. God has a good land ahead of you. And if the Lord delights in us, he's going to bring us into this good land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Praise God. He says this, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. We're going to eat them. Protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. God's message to you and God's message to me today is, everyone, don't be walking in fear. Walk in faith and have faith in God. Hallelujah. We've got a year ahead of us. It's called 2021. And the year behind us had plenty of challenges, and the year ahead of us is going to have more challenges. I'll tell you, it's not going to be a cakewalk. But let me tell you what, who's walking with us is God Almighty is walking with us, and he's going to help us to conquer the land, to take the land, and it's going to be a good land and a good future with promise. Hallelujah. Well, how did the story end? Who won this little battle? Well, the 12 tribes that returned, or the 12 spies that returned from spying out the land, 10 gave a bad report, only 2 gave a good report, and because the children of Israel complained and be believe the bad report, they were kept from ever entering into the promised land and they spent the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Wow, that was a costly thing. Because they complained, they never did walk into the uh, uh, wilderness. Only the children that were uh, 19 years old and younger got to go in. They had to wait 40 years for a generation to pass away. They wandered in the wilderness, but then the, those that were teenagers, they got to go in with Joshua and Caleb after a 40-year uh, delay. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning, all right, everyone, regarding your attitude and having a can-do attitude. A good attitude or a can-do attitude will move you forward to your promised land, but a bad attitude will delay you or keep you from ever entering into your promised land. So which attitude do you want to have? A can-do attitude or we can't do this attitude? Have a can-do attitude and God will get you to your promised land. Now that's the Old Testament example. Let's just move to the New Testament and this will take up just a moment. But let's take a look at the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament we looked at the 12 spies. We looked at Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb had a different spirit in him. Praise God, he had a good attitude, a can-do attitude. We can take the land. But the best in the New Testament is the Apostle Paul. And, and I want you to note that his can-do attitude when he shares some scriptures that you've heard before, all right? And, and remember this, when Paul shared these scriptures that I'm going to share with you right now, he was writing them from prison. How many of you know that being locked up in prison will affect your attitude and affect your outlook, but not Paul? Paul kept and uh, he had a can-do attitude even though he was uh, tied up in prison. Watch what he writes from prison, all right? Watch this. 
Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. In other words, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. He's in a prison cell, but he's telling us to rejoice. And then he says this, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. He says, be considerate to people. Have a can-do attitude. Then he says this, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That's what he wrote from prison. And watch this now, okay? Getting ready to wrap. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your eyes on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If you want to have a good attitude, make sure that you're not taking garbage in or garbage is going to be coming out. Take good things in and good things will come out. out. He says, think about things that are excellent and worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. And then he says this. Watch this now. Watch. Here's what Paul said. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it's with a full stomach or with empty, with plenty or little. Watch this. He says, man, I've learned how to be abased. I've learned how to abound. I've learned on how to have a full stomach or an empty stomach. I've learned to be free and I've learned to be in prison. But he says, here's the secret. He says, I've learned the secret. What is the secret? Listen, everyone. Paul's getting ready to tell us a secret. What's the secret? What's the attitude? He says this, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Hallelujah. Hey, everyone. In the coming year, we really need to know that God is with us and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Are we going to be inconvenienced in the coming year? Yes. Are we going to suffer some lack and some gains and all of those things? But watch this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So that's going to be our theme, everyone, in 2021. Our theme is this, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Say it with me right now, I can, I can have that, I can do it attitude, I can do what? All things, not just some things, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, hallelujah. Let me encourage you to always have a can-do attitude and always know that you can do all things through Christ who will give you strength. In the name of Jesus. That's the word of the Lord, and I pray that you'll receive the word of the Lord to you today. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you right now for speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Lord God, for letting us be encouraged in your word. We give you praise, Lord, and I thank you right now, no matter what 2021 might bring. God, I thank you that you're going to be with us. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And we pray it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me leave you with a blessing today. And here's the blessing, all right? It's going to be real short and sweet, but it's really good. Wherever you go and whatever you do, may you be blessed. Let me just say that again. Wherever you go and whatever you do, may you be blessed in the name of the Lord. Everyone who receives that, just say aloud, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us today at Harvest Church at Home. And thank you, everyone, for making, you know, my last day being 64 such a great one. Tomorrow's my birthday on Monday. 
and uh, Monday, January 11th. And I want to just thank you. Uh, thanks to our wonderful board. Thank you, church family. Thank you, everyone, for just making it such a sweet day for me. And I pray that you'll be encouraged in the Word. And I'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday. And uh, next Sunday is MLK weekend. We're going to have a great time together. And uh, have a great week. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.